Welcome to episode 33 of Hair Biz Radio with your host, Zakira, and Mikey is actually out today. He left me all by myself, so I'm kicking it with AJ Joyner, who is a growth hacker, marketer, digital strategist, and newly author. How's it going, AJ? Uh, everything is beautiful, and I think you're going to hold it down quite well by yourself. <laughs> you, you <laughs> thank got you, this. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's just dive right into it. Sure. Who is AJ Joyner? Like, how did you become who you are? today what's your backstory so backstory i'm really just a country kid like for <laughs> real i was raised by my grandmother small town louisiana uh, it was one of those places where you got a whooping from everybody in the city i don't know how many people are <laughs> it from takes small a town. village right it, it definitely took a village so i went to college southern university and i visited atlanta my first time during my junior year for freaknik <laughs> <laughs> freaknik back in 88 <laughs> no this was 90 94. Okay. <laughs> and so I went back to Southern. And I told all my homeboys, yo, we got to go to Atlanta because <laughs> the girls in Atlanta, they be on top of the cars on the weekend. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so that was my first um, taste of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And Atlanta almost felt like an extension of an HBCU. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted that. And I, I um, applied for jobs in New York, Charlotte and Chicago mm -hmm. and Atlanta, but I was really just coming to Atlanta. Just so, for the freak name. So yeah, that's the, that's the backstory. Uh, my professional um, background is computer information systems. Okay. But about maybe six years into my career, I went back to broadcasting school. Okay. So I literally lived like two parallel careers at the same time. So you got your degree in uh, computer information computer systems information when you went systems. to school. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since that's your background, how did you get into the digital marketing space? By accident, on purpose. Right? <laughs> By accident, on purpose. <laughs> so uh, what happened is understanding digital mm -hmm. and what was kind of on the horizon, I started an email newsletter back in 96 from aging myself. Wow. <laughs> so back then, nobody had online stuff. Mm -hmm. right? So I was really ahead of the curve and I had an email list and like the whole nine and people actually opened up every single email. And what I would do is I would just write about different experiences. I mm -hmm. write about restaurants. I would do all this stuff. And then um, eventually a restaurant owner contacted me and said, hey, I've been on your list for a while and you're a pretty funny dude. Would you want to do an event at my restaurant? And that kind of broke me into the marketing side of things, but mm -hmm. it was more as a promoter. Gotcha. So you started an email list. And I think back then, social media wasn't so prevalent. There was no such um, thing. Right. And so now people are relying heavily on Absolutely. social media when it comes to creating revenue or, mm -hmm. you know, just for everything. And talk a little bit about how important an email list is now. Because if social media was to just wipe out, you know, the way the algorithms are with Instagram and Facebook now, you can't hide, you can't rely heavily on that. So talk a little bit about how important it is to create other avenues to, you know, get people to know about your product or business. So I like to call that owning the race, race course, mm. right? It's one thing to be in a race car on the race course. It's another thing to own the race course. And what that means is um, MySpace, for example. A lot of people had huge <laughs> MySpace followings, yeah. right? And then MySpace went away. Then Facebook hit, right? So people have huge Facebook businesses. And I, I've known personally people who had huge Facebook business pages. Mm -hmm. And they invested a lot of money in that. But then Facebook literally changed the algorithm overnight. Yeah. So now you went from you know half a million people potentially seeing your stuff if you had a million likes to 1%. Mm. 
like between one and three percent. I think yeah. it's even less now. Yeah, right? I think now, like if you have a business page, if you post something, maybe one person will like it or comment on it. Yeah, That's exactly, maybe. <laughs> exactly right. And then so the engagement is low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you own your email list, and here's a little thing that I like to say: social media is interaction. Email is transaction. Mm, I right? like that. Because when you pay for something, you all you want to get that receipt, mm-hmm. right? And you want to communicate with the company like, hey, I didn't receive my order. Yeah. Right? The only time you take it to social media is when you want to engage them. They're not responding fast enough. And you're like, okay, we're going to take this public. Yeah. Right? So you can build an intimate relationship through email. I mean, you can on social media as yeah. well. But with email, it doesn't matter what goes away. Right? So I have several email lists. And one is in another industry of 400,000 people. That I own. Yeah. Right. So if I went back into that industry, I immediately have a head start. And I'm sure a lot of them are outdated. But again, it's just important to own the data. Yeah. Right. Because again, with I'm sure some of your audience might know this, you can upload email addresses to these different platforms and you can target people and people like those people mm. based on their emails. Gotcha. Right. And grow your business solely on emails without even having to engage them on social media. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, so for it's very um, important. For those older people who aren't, you know, necessarily tech savvy and they say, you know, I don't want to build an email list or I don't Mm -hmm. know how to do that or I don't want to be, you know, in the social media world. What is like one easy thing that you can do to kind of just take the jump, like just get started? Like, So first I would like to say to those people, don't be blockbuster. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they're not even around anymore. They're not around. Don't be a taxi cab. Yeah. So. Innovation is just the way of life, mm-hmm. right? So the easiest thing is to choose the platform where your people are, mm-hmm. where they engage you the most, and just double down on that platform. Learn uh, that platform. Yeah. I think the overwhelm comes from people when they feel like they have to be on Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest. And yeah. Things. Like, no, just find your platform and own it. And I think it's important as well to have empathy on social media. And what I mean by that is when people get on social media in the beginning, mm-hmm. it becomes, especially if they have something to sell, Especially in the hair industry. Oh, yeah. Right? It becomes it is, spammy. It's spammy. <laughs> it's literally every, And I have a workshop that I did last or two weeks ago where I looked at the person's page and every single post was hair. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Every single post. <laughs> and it's like, is that a human? Right? Because the world we live in now, people want relationships. Yeah. And people who have the best relationships typically have the highest revenue. Yeah. If they understand how to set their business up. So I would say to those new people, you know, find your platform, double down on that platform, learn it, and use it for listening, and then engage after you listen. Yeah. Right? And another easy thing, and this is kind of a shortcut, is find people in the industry that you want to be, join their groups. Join their, you know, I would join, as a matter of fact, I would join, if I were in the hair industry, Uh I would find the top people and join their Facebook groups and just engage other people in those groups without being spammy. Because you can easily form relationships and or possibly partnerships just by doing that. Yeah. And that can give you a head start. But if you answer questions and you're authentic and you kind of pull the covers back on your business, people want to know what it takes to be who you are. Right, Right. Exactly. So I think that approach will at least get you comfortable with the platform. And then you'll see organic growth. It takes a little bit longer, but the organic growth is important. And if you want a shortcut, you can um, do some paid advertising and just find, 
don't try to i mean if you if you're techie you can try to learn it but it's it's a whole thing to learn so just find somebody and pay them to just run some paid ads so the right people will see your stuff yeah because we have some people who are like this facebook advertising doesn't work you know i spent this amount of money and it's like do you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it works when you know what you're doing yeah exactly and unfortunately well for facebook and all their brilliance they made it really easy for anybody to get on there and put $5 in yeah, there and just boost it. exactly. Right. But what you have to understand is, uh, well, first of all, I don't want to get too tech, too nerdy, <laughs> uh, but there's less than 1% conversion on cold traffic. And what cold traffic means, is that means the person doesn't know you and they're just seeing your ad for the first time. Mm, gotcha. Right. So what you want to do, back to the email, if you have an email list, you can go in and upload your email list. Mm-hmm. And now the people that are on your email list will see your stuff. Gotcha. So now they're not It all intertwines. Yeah. And then also you can build another audience based on that who are similar. It's called a lookalike audience. And that's another way to find people who aren't as cold because they're already at least friends of friends. Yeah. So there are a few different ways you can do that. Yeah. I think that's a good way to get started. Yeah. Yeah. And then back to sales, like being so salesy on Instagram. um, I think it's all about... I want to say it's 80% content, 20% sales. So, you know, you should highlight other things. So if you're in the hair industry um, and you're Mm -hmm. selling hair extensions, Mm -hmm. maybe you do something that's more interactive, like Mm -hmm. doing a tutorial or something like that. That's not like, oh, buy my hair because there's thousands of hair companies out there. Why should I buy your hair? So what are some of the industries that you work in when it comes to Um, (laughs) everything? uh, Yeah, I, I... And again, that's a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. By not niching down, I've been exposed to everything from real estate to mm. healthcare, hospital, CDC, entertainment, startup, like pure tech startup. Yeah. A couple of them. I actually started a few. Jesus, this is just spam. Everything. The <laughs> um, thing is, the strategy is pretty vanilla, but the application can, is always different. Different, yeah. In the industry. Gotcha. Right? But I think the biggest thing is when you're talking about engagement, if you think soap opera and then you think school. Right. So you want to when you're talking about your product, what are the different facets of your product? So there are your product is good. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. then you can take time to point out some of the bad ones. You can take time to point out some of the ones that are up and coming. You can take time to point out some of the ones that used to be hot, but they're not hot anymore. And you do a comparison or a juxtaposition against your product. Gotcha. So it's not like you're selling your product per se. But what you're doing is you're planting a seed in their mind to say, Okay, he's compared it to the, or she's compared it to this, and she's compared it to that. Yeah. And then think about all the problems. This is the easiest way ever if you want to just break in. Take a piece of paper and write down on one side problems, and on the other side, write how my product solves those problems. And then you spend time pointing out all the problems because people will pay you to make a headache go away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Real the quick. easiest way. <laughs> and if you do a YouTube channel literally pointing out all the problems in the industry from service to cheap hair, to slow delivery, to, I mean, you just make a list of all the problems, not about the specific item, but about the industry overall. Yeah. And then you can even do things like compare it to different industries or you can, I've seen people compare like hairstyle people, I mean, black stylists to white stylists. Yeah. Right. But it, it makes you the expert and people want their hair done by experts. Definitely. Or in any business. Right. So I think that kind of applies across industry. Yeah. So being a, a expert, who are some people that you kind of looked to when you got into the marketing industry? So first of all, <laughs> no, I'm definitely not an expert. <laughs> Getting I'm, to be I'm an the, expert. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the kind of person that I like to dive in uh-huh. and just learn as much as possible. But there are a few guys, Russell Bronson, mm-hmm. um, just 
Tony Robbins from uh, the way that he has his yeah. business structured. Like yeah. people don't know he owns like 300 businesses mm. or over something, some crazy number of businesses. Yeah. But that model. And then I think the biggest thing that I learned was listening. Right. And then providing value and creating relationships where you're adding value first yeah. before you start asking people for stuff. Exactly. Right? Um, so I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk's jab, jab, right. Yeah, hook, exactly. Where he talked about exactly. give, 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 and then ask. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they say that you should be spending 3% of mm-hmm. your gross annual income on like professional development or personal development. How do you feel about that? And is that something that you do when it comes to your business and, you know, just becoming better at what you do? So I have, if you look in my Audible on here, I'm doing, when I was driving here, I was listening to, Oh yeah. I am on three books a month. Like at any given month, I'm listening to three different books. One is always on personal development, Mm -hmm. always, always. And then I listen to one that's industry specific. And then I listen to something that's maybe aspirational or science fiction or fiction or something just interesting, just to kind of get you know, be well-rounded. And I'm learning because I want to become a better person in general Mm -hmm. because I think that helps. But at the same time, when you're working with clients, I'm always listening for things that might help you, right? And I say, oh, you know what? Next time I talk to, you know what I'm saying? to this person, I need to tell them this. So it's like I'm listening and I'm compartmentalizing. I'm using it to get better, but then I'm using it so that when I'm in conversations, I can make those conversations and those interactions better. Yeah. And then that's also relationship building as well. Relationship building. Right. Yeah, definitely. So let's jump into some 2018 trends. What are some trends that you've noticed from 2017 to 2018 Mm -hmm. and how are they like rapidly growing? So I think with the way that Gary Vee has kind of doubled down in the last couple of years, he's become sort of a pop culture icon. Mm -hmm. Right. So people have really gotten into the live video thing a lot more. Oh, yeah. But it still works. That's why people are doing it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think much like Gary Vee has said, voice is voice control, hugely yeah. underrated, right? Because now you can have Alexa skills. They have, I can't think of what it's called, but they have like... the Is it Google Google Voice or, well, Ale- no, this, or the Alexa Home? The Alexa Home, but this is a feature that's across all the voice oh, activated gotcha, devices gotcha. Okay. where you can record like... And my Alexa, I say, good morning, Alexa. And she automatically knows I have 10 minutes on my New Orleans Saints. Oh, wow. 10 minutes on the weather. (laughs) What are the trending topics? You can actually create that for your business, right? And you can tell your clients to add your, it's not a skill, but it's another little thing Mm -hmm. to where they can get an update from you. So if they want to learn hair tips, you can create hair tips. And when they wake up in the morning, they can add that to their morning routine oh wow technology is becoming like literally (laughs) everything right and so when you have things like the internet of things Mm -hmm. when every device is going to have what's called an ip address and every device will be trackable and you have smart devices that will be ordering things for you as Mm -hmm. they run out i think that you want to dive in in the beginning so that you can be ahead of the curve because you know how it happens right first it's gary v and then it's three people and then the next thing you know everybody's doing it oh yeah it for sure noise, yeah right so then you have to figure out a way to pivot your message they call it the blue ocean strategy you have to find your blue ocean uh, that will separate you from everybody else out there so when it comes to separation mm-hmm. so we have a, a facebook group you know mm-hmm. over seventeen thousand people okay. and all of them or majority of them sell hair extensions mm-hmm. so a lot of questions that we get in the group is 
why should I continue selling hair? Everyone is selling hair. Even though it's a $15 billion industry, everyone's selling hair. How can I set myself apart from the next person who's selling hair? So I live in Mableton and Veterans Memorial Highway. They just built another uh, Dollar Tree like down the street from us. Oh, right next right? to the Family Dollar, isn't yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, so you live over there. I don't, but I'm very familiar. Okay. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> so in that Publix Plaza right next door to there, there's a Dollar Tree. Mm, okay. Right across the street, there's a Family Dollar. Mm-hmm. Right down less than a mile and a, a mile and a half away, there's another Dollar Tree. If you make a right before you get there, there's another Dollar Tree, right? Yeah. So within a four or five mile radius, there are four to five Dollar Trees. So it's not always about differentiation. Sometimes it's about owning a segment. It's about finding that particular segment of people yeah. in between this radius that are going to buy your stuff and being okay with that. Now, I think what you have to do is have other product or service offerings to go along with that. Yeah. Right. People can sell things, but there's only one you. And a lot of times when it's not a commodity, people are buying into you. Exactly. Right? So yeah. can you create things that are specific to your customers' problems? Can you somehow figure out, I have one client, she does microblading, which again, a lot of my clients are in the industry <laughs> or whatever, industry. so I know yeah. a lot about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's doing microblading. And what she's doing is, um, you do drop shipping, so I'm kind of coaching her through a free plus shipping thing, gotcha. right? So you see something free plus shipping, you're like, you know what? It's free. I'll pay the eight dollars for shipping, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But she paid thirty three cents for the thing that she's sending them for free, and now on the back end of that free plus shipping, number one for her product, thirty three cents, she's selling for eight dollars. Yeah. it's all profit for oh, her. Oh yeah, definitely. Right? And here's the thing: she doesn't even have to order that thing until they pay her the eight dollars. So right? That's like how drop shipping. shipping. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but she's sending that to them, and now she has their email address. And now she can ask them, what are some of the things that, again, they buy the thing and it redirects them to a questionnaire. What are some of the things that you feel like are missing in this industry or some of the things that you need? So she's getting data. It's more about understanding what people's problems are. And now she can create custom things based on answers that she starts to see trending. Oh, yeah. Right. That's a very simple way. She's not selling anything new. Right. Right. We're just helping her create something, a different approach. So that people are like, wow, she actually cares. Like, first of all, she gave me this free blah, blah, blah. But again, if they paid retail, it would have been like $10 or $11. Mm -hmm. So they still feel, I mean, they did win. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Because in the end, they only paid for the shipping, even though she wasn't, you know, They still saved $2 or $3. Exactly. Yeah. So how can you think about the products that you have and then think long term, think daisy chaining things together that people don't do? So again, I know hair, you may, is there something else you can sell along with the hair that most people need? And are there three things that you can sell? Is there something that you can sell because you know that they're going to run out? So you give them another one for bonus and like all those little things make you attractive in the marketplace. Definitely. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about differentiation in product or service but differentiation in your thought process or your approach. That's true. And I think a lot of times people do buy into your story versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the actual product. So if you own a t-shirt line, Mm -hmm. no one cares what the shirt says. You know, people want to know what was your thought process behind creating that shirt. Right. Um, And I think it's the same thing across the border with, you know, a lot of different companies. Absolutely. And then also they want, what is that shirt? If they purchase it, what does it say about them? Right. Right. You want to make people good to other people. Definitely. That's how people share stuff. Yeah. If it makes them look smart, they'll share it. That's true. And a lot of companies get free promotion off of people who buy their products. Absolutely. And then I think now influencer marketing is something that's very heavy. So let's Mm -hmm. jump into that. What are your thoughts behind influencer marketing? I think it's smart. I think as a matter of fact, that's better than just going to even better than paying for ads a lot of the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you can form a relationship with someone who has already the time to build an authentic audience, and then you can use that to pay and get in front of more of his audience or his or her audience, right? So I think that's smarter than even paying some of the celebrities because they know celebrities are doing it because they're paid. But when an influencer who's already built a relationship says, hey, I've been honest with you guys for 10 years. I'm going to keep being honest about these products. And, And then they can say this is good or bad. People start to trust that. Definitely. So you want to build relationships with people who have built trust. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. how does somebody build that no like, and trust? So it, first of all, understand it takes time. Yeah. It also helps if you're attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it always does. Yeah, it's just definitely. Fact of life. Yeah. But can you, again, I call it the soap opera, right? Can you create a soap opera to where every day is not the exact same thing? Where you're, that's why stories are so big, right? Yeah. People are like, oh my God, this is really their life. But you can always create it now but it's more about being authentic and being real and um again you can strategically do it but i think one of the fastest ways is to be create conflict or talk about conflict mm. or create drama okay right? i've done that with a client and we had they do it in reality tv <laughs> all the time <laughs> it sells right yeah but you can create faux conflict or what i like to call faceless conflict that's the best kind so you don't talk about a person. If you talk about, you can be 50 Cent and you can diss every rapper that comes out, oh, yeah. right? Or you can be the person that I don't like mumble rap, right? Yeah. And people can draw their assumptions about who they're talking to, but you're just talking about a style that you right, don't like. In general. And mm-hmm. you can still get people to side with you like that. And now you're not necessarily making enemies per se because you're not calling out people by name, yeah. right? So I think that's a way. And the more controversial that you can be on a regular basis without it seeming fake, mm-hmm. seeming fake, more people will be attracted to you because people just love train wrecks. That's crazy. It's crazy, but that's the way it is. It is. It's the way it is. And that's, that's terrible. Right. And another thing I think I look at, I use Oprah as an example all the time, or let's, okay, let's be more Beyonce versus Kim Kardashian. Okay. You have your people that love Beyonce. Mm -hmm. You have the beehive. You have people that will go to bat, whatever. People will cry over Beyonce. I'm like, what? (laughs) But on the flip side, you also have people like that for Kim Kardashian. I don't think she has a name for her tribe or whatever. I don't don't know. Anyway, but here's the thing, though. The difference is if Kim Kardashian lost everything tomorrow and if Beyonce lost everything tomorrow, people would rally behind Beyonce. And the reason why is because they've seen her story. Yeah. Right. And people feel like she deserves it. Yeah, that's Where people follow Kim Kardashian because it's glamorous and it's the thing to do. But they, deep down inside, they're like, she was just a friend of a celebrity and her dad had money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when there's a real story there, people connect with you more authentically. That's true. So how can you develop a story or even your own storyline or your narrative on social media that people can connect with? I'm a cancer survivor. And the first time I shared that on social media... Of course, that was the biggest post that I had. And people were like, oh, my God, I didn't know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Shout out um, to you, though. Congratulations on 12 years. Oh, 12 yeah. 12-year yeah, cancer survivor. Yeah. 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 So, but I'm saying, like, the vulnerability and sharing that because a lot of times people don't want people to know the ugly, right. the ugly yeah. truth. So people want to go into it kind of guarded. But the more open you are, the more you can connect. And you're always going to have haters, especially the more successful Definitely. you get. Yeah. So you may as well just be yourself anyway. Would you rather 10 years pass and you have an authentic audience by sharing real stories of who you are? Yeah. Or would you rather be conservative and whatever and just have this fake audience that's just all about beauty and hair and da da da? So nothing wrong with the beauty glam side, but show the real side as well. Definitely. I totally agree. So what's one of the biggest mistakes you think entrepreneurs or, or maybe it sounds like you got a few yeah, that yeah, um, yeah. entrepreneurs or 
small business owners or businesses in general mm. make when it comes to their digital marketing strategies? People want to be the thing or yeah. have the thing without having to do the work to get the thing. Instant gratification. Instant, instant gratification, <laughs> right? So, and I had a young lady just leave my coaching group yesterday. She started about a month ago. She literally had one Facebook picture as an older lady. And it was just a picture of her eye. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and she had it on Instagram too. One picture of her eye. Uh-huh. So, you know, we started down this process and she sent me an email before she stopped. And she said, you know, I've been doing this now for about five weeks and I don't see any growth. <laughs> five weeks? You got to at least give it three months. And I'm like, yo, three, I've been doing months. it since 1996. <laughs> And I'm just seeing it. And I'm, people are just like, I'm just now making it to your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like people That's still don't crazy. know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've done some huge behind the scenes projects. Mm -hmm. But it's understanding that it takes time. And if you fail, that's part of the process, right? So that's Definitely. why I would tell most people, even when I'm doing panels and stuff like that, I tell people, like, get a job. Yeah. And do it on the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the world now mm -hmm. makes entrepreneurship seem so it's glamorous. glamorous. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if you're not an entrepreneur, then you're not doing something right. And it's kind of like, no, I'm doing it the right way or my way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just creating a plan so that way I don't have to go back. Yesterday, after I had the, the email and the exchange, and I had some other things this week happen, I was like, you know what? And I was telling my wife and my assistant, I think I might get a job. <laughs> And I've been, and I do this, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I have great clients and I have great relationships, but it gets hard. And not only is it hard financially, mm -hmm. emotionally, but psychologically it wears on you. Because it's, you're working with so many different people. You're working with so many different people, but then you can't help but compare yourself to people. I uh, mean, it's yeah. literally human nature. Like I'll look at one of my friends, my dude, right? He sold 1.7 million books. His book was... America's top secret recipes. He did it like a long time ago. He mm -hmm. gave away like KFC's recipe and da da da. da. But number one, he self published it and he was a marketer back then, mm -hmm. right? So he had people go to a landing page to download a free, like three of the free top secret recipes. Oh, uh, yeah. He has Get an their email, email list of almost half a million people uh, in yeah. his industry. Yeah. He sold 1.7 million books and his background was in, he was a Wall Street guy, super smart guy, and he's in finance, right? So I'm like, man, this is, so now he still has that half million people on his email list. Mm -hmm. He has a young lady that runs that full time. So she splits 50-50. He's made her rich. Basically. Wow. So he just collects money from that. And he buys $500,000 or more property and flips those. So in the last month and a half, he's posted like three pictures of houses that are like 500000 And he's going to sell it for $1.2. I'm going to sell it for one point seven. I'm sitting here like, man, <laughs> and I'm at the Christmas party with him because we have a lot of mutual friends and I'm, and I'm like looking at him and his garage is the size of my house. You know what I'm wow, saying? Wow, yeah. I'm like, dang, it, it feels like, what am I doing wrong? Right? I think social media though has a lot to do with, yeah, the, mm -hmm. the comparison thing, because I think we all do it or we've mm -hmm. all been in that place to where, you know, we look at other people in their businesses and what they show us, mm -hmm. but it may not be real. You know, some of it may be real, but right. it just messes with our mental. Like, man, am I not doing enough? Or I heard ET say, it took me 40 years to be 40 years old. So no matter what my 40 years look like or what your 40 years look like, it's still going to be the same amount of time, just mm -hmm. a different level in the process and the journey is going to be completely different. So Every I think time. we just have to realize that. Absolutely. And it, and it's easy to say and 
put the quotes up and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but it still wears on you. I can't tell you how many times I've been like literally just in the bed, like I'm just not doing it. I post on Instagram and, and I'll say, off. you know what, I'm going to turn it <laughs> off. And then five minutes later, I'm like scrolling yeah. again. And I'm like, you know what, I don't need to do this. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just, Sometimes you're I back just got to delete my app. Like, look, right. I can't fool with y'all today, okay? And, but, but speaking of that, that's another, they call it hooking. So your brain, it's like stimulation, right? So when think about what you do when you pick up your phone. Number one, when you pick it up in the morning, I'm sure you check it before you get out the bed. Yeah. Like, what's going True. on? True. I ain't even going to lie. The first thing is you scroll because mm-hmm. you're looking for new stimulation, right? You see something you like, you double tap it. You're like, okay, so now you've acknowledged that person. So now they're getting that stimulation from you liking their stuff. You're getting satisfaction from liking that stuff because you know that they saw that. Yeah. So it's, it's all these psychological triggers are happening. And then you get tired of that. Then you go over to Facebook and it's the same thing. Yeah. You're like, okay, what's interesting? Okay, boom, that's interesting. Let me read that. You read half of it and you're like, okay, that's interesting. Let me share it. So yep. all these things, it's just mind games that are being played on. And even one of the gentlemen that left Facebook said that's what they're building into the game. I mean, it, it's literally like a video game. It's like the next level. Yeah. Right? So that's how video games are. You kill the monster in level one, you get to level two. It never stops. Never. You have to stop <laughs> or you have to control it. Yeah. Right? Or create that self-discipline so, for yourself. Or create that discipline. And this yeah. is really hard to it do It is that. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, I don't know, man. I love it. I love the challenge of having new challenges and new yeah. clients and things like that. But sometimes, I and I just told my wife, I wish I was the kind of person that could just be satisfied with a job. Because I got a homeboy, he literally has a great job. He comes home, plays with his boys, goes to football practice, goes to bed at night, gets up in the morning, goes back to his job. Like, yeah, then some people are okay I'm with that. Like, I think, I, I think I it's okay, that? though, because if yeah. we didn't have those type of people, we wouldn't have a Walmart to go no, to. Yeah, you know, yeah. We wouldn't have gas stations. to. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I think it's okay you know, for people to work a nine to five mm-hmm. and be excited about it. You know, exactly. it's not Everyone is not built for the entrepreneur lifestyle. Like, most, the, most people that think they are, are, are not built for it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm built for it. I, <laughs> I, when I leave here, I'm about to go back to have, I mean, uh, what is it called? The little jobs that where it's freelancejobs.com. Oh, yeah. Um, Upwork or uh, no, freelancer. No, one, there's another one for like careers. Oh, you can be wow. like part time career people. Oh, wow. I'm just joking. No, no. <laughs> but I might really do. <laughs> Look, I might. <laughs> That's cool. But so when you, you talked about new clients. So when mm-hmm. you get a new client, what is like that pet peeve that you're like, you know, I'm good at what I do. Allow mm-hmm. me to do this. Like, what's that one thing that you just don't like for your clients to do? I hate the phrase. Oh, I, already, I know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why you hire me? <laughs> then why aren't you doing it already? Yeah. Right? But I think one thing that I've learned, and I'm 45 now, so not that I'm like super old or whatever, Yeah. but I've seen a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I try to approach it from the perspective of they don't know. Yeah. So I have whatever they say, I have to take it as them not knowing and it's my job to make them understand why that doesn't work. So gotcha. I, and, and again, I never say right or wrong. I just say what works and what doesn't work. To accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. So pet peeves, I think that's one of them. Yeah. Kind of tongue in cheek. I think another one is trying to circumvent the process, right? I understand. Here's the thing. You can take your time and do something right that'll last 10 years, or you can just copy this and copy that and do this because she's doing that and do this because she's doing that and do this, right? So if you want to have something that lasts, take your time and build it. You may not get the money right away. And if money is your objective, find something to generate revenue while yeah. you build something substantial. So I just want people to think about it like that. And also, I like to work with people who are really serious about the results that they want mm-hmm. so that they're willing to take themselves out of their comfort zone. 
because that's where the real growth is. Definitely. Right? And there again, we can go metaphors and platitudes, but at the end of the day, if you keep doing what you've done, you're going to keep getting what you've got. Yeah, right? definitely. So I just try to ask people to be open because I'm going to ask them to do some things that may make them uncomfortable. And in my experience, most of the people who are like that have had success. And most of the people who haven't, they just continue to do the same thing. And at the end of the day, I still do some of the same things that I know I shouldn't do. So I know it's hard. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I try to have people not compare yourself. And I just sit here and for five minutes and said how I do it. Right. But again, if you're comparing yourself to that person, you don't know their story. You don't right. know what they've been through. You don't understand like what it really takes to be that person. So just focus on being the best you. And another thing, I'm really big on education. Mm -hmm. So I want to be around people who want to educate themselves without having to be told over and over and over. Like, do this, read that. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So again, my thing is I want people who want to grow as a person and as a business person. Yeah. So yeah, my pet peeve would be lack of wanting to be wanting to grow on your own. Yeah. And then that's not your client. So. And that, that's not my ideal client. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So you had an event two weeks ago. Sure. Um, it was a, a workshop focused on beauty professionals. Sure. So give us like, you know, two or three key things that people who attended the workshop were mm -hmm. able to take away. So one is if you want to come from behind the chair, because that's what I kept hearing people say over and over, I'm tired of being behind the chair. I'm tired <laughs> of being. So you have to create avenues for you to actually come from behind the chair. Mm -hmm. Right. Products. Again, we talked about hair, right? Maybe that's one of your things. Yep. And again, it is saturated if you just look at the sheer numbers, but your people will always be your people. Yeah. Right? So can you create things that they can buy from you? Can you position yourself as an expert? That's not hard to do as hard as people think it is. Yeah. Right? Can you write a book and tell a story, not about you, but about helping somebody get a result through your story? Yeah. Right. So share your story in the context of helping other people get mm -hmm. a result and people will buy your books or products or services. And I think approach social media again with empathy. And understand that people want answers to problems that sometimes they don't even know that they have. So if you approach it from, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that, me, 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 people will watch you and they'll like your stuff, but they'll be like, eh, it's shallow, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but if you approach it from, you know what, y'all, here's something that happened today and here's what I learned from it. Or here's a mistake. I remember when I first started doing hair and I burnt this girl's hair up. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? She, <laughs> yeah. she, you know what I'm saying? That was the worst mistake that I made, but I learned from it. Or can you draft? And what I mean by that is, can you start a podcast and can you interview your biggest impact clients to tell their story? Yeah. Right. Because now you're drafting off the name or the, the respect that that person has in the industry. And it's like positioning. And here's a funny story. When I first started out, I was working with startup people and I made a decision, a conscious decision that I don't want to work with people who are starting out anymore. So I made a conscious effort to figure out what went through my phone, like who are the people that are the most famous? And I went and I did something free at first yeah. to break into that circle. So I did free, low cost, low cost, higher cost, higher cost. And then I made sure to take pictures with all those people and post it on social media. Like you can literally go back in my timeline and see when I made that decision. Yeah. And you can see when I started posting people with, I mean, posting pictures with fancy clients. Because what happened is they're like, oh, you work with that person? Mm -hmm. And then people are like, so who are you? And then I would strategically just every time take a picture and share with that person, have them do a video testimonial, right? Social proof. So again, what are some of the things that you can do to come from behind the chair, to position yourself as an expert, to create products, to create something that you don't have to do with your hands behind a chair? And you have to be creative in doing that. 
And the word saturation will keep you complacent. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. So if you're constantly trying to grow with looking at everybody else and saying, I can't do it. It's too many people. Like you're doomed from the start because what you speak is reality. Definitely. And the mindset. It has to be a growth mindset. One of the things that I heard over and over is that women are so catty and women are so catty and women yeah. are so catty. And I'm like, but you don't have to be. Like, yeah, you don't. Like, you, you don't have to be catty, right? Just because you are you think that people are catty, that's all that you're going to see. So focus on what you need to do to grow. Like go read a book instead of sharing all these memes and shit. Um, <laughs> you're fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And I, even with the people in the audience, we had them pull up some of their social media and do mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I would look. I'm like, yo, your whole thing is memes and jokes. And da, 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 da. What is the last book you read? Well, I hadn't read a book. What was the last course you took? Well, I don't tell you. <laughs> well, you don't really. You're just I talking. I just sit on like, Instagram just, all day. You're literally just here. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're here for this thing just to take pictures and be on Instagram. Like I said in this workshop, but unless you take action to change what your outcome is, you're going to continue to have that. Like I said earlier. Yep. Information so changes it's situations. It's a decision. Yep. It's literally a decision and then the action behind that decision. And that'll move the needle in whatever it is that you do. Yeah. And the digital marketing world, there's a lot of fluff. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you maneuver the fluffers? And mm-hmm. then how do you make it to where you don't have any fluff in what it is that you do? I ignore it. Yeah. And I spend, a, like, I'm a very energy-driven person. As I've gotten older, mm-hmm. well, as I'm 45 now. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like, I will literally, if somebody posts something negative, I'll just unfollow that person yeah. or unfriend that person. Because it doesn't, so what? And then this is my personal thing on Facebook. Every day when I get the birthday reminder, I go through and delete people based on like, we ain't talked in a year. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because again, especially from when I was a promoter, I had a lot of that promoter stuff on my timeline. So I had to get systematically get rid of that. Oh, yeah. And now as I add new people, I'm like, okay, what are they talking about? What are they posting? And then when I see something, I don't like literally one thing, I just remove it. So to avoid the fluff, I just try to, take it out of my lane or take it out of my eyesight or off my radar. And I just try to be the best me that I can be and try to stay abreast of the new technologies and the new things. And then I always like to educate my clients, probably to a fault, because they're like, dude, I don't care about all that. Just (laughs) Just just do do the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, to avoid the fluff, I just avoid it. Gotcha. Talk a little bit about the joiner method that you created. So the joiner method is about becoming an expert in whatever industry that you're in. There are several different things that you can do. I think some of them are slower, some of them are faster, but again, we can start with a podcast, right? How can you start your own podcast and create your own voice, your own narrative, your own content? Because you doing this podcast, imagine now, how long have you you've done? 33 episodes? Yep. We're on episode 33. Okay. So let's say now you're going to get a small studio And you're going to invite four of your guests that are relevant in the same industry. And you're going to do a live studio audience podcast. And now you set up not only cameras on the people on the stage, but you capture crowd engagement and their feedback or whatever. And then you do that quarterly. So now you have this quarterly thing that people are looking forward to going to. And then now people are like, oh, my God, I want to start it. I want to do a podcast. And now you take the lessons learned from all those people and you put those into a book. So now you have a podcast, you have a book. And then people are going to start eventually say, I want to start a podcast. Can you help me start a podcast? And you're like, okay, well, let me create this little four-week course yeah. to teach people how to do a podcast. And now you're like, okay, I'm going to charge $300. I'll get 10 people every, and I'll do it every six weeks. AJ, I'm here giving us the game. Right? So that's what the joining method is about. That. Yeah. It's about how can you take the knowledge that you have the expertise, and then turn that into different revenue streams. And that's it in a nutshell, but it's more about the psychology of 
people on social media than it actually is about the tactics of social media. Gotcha. Because there are only so many different reasons why people react to things. Mm -hmm. And it's most, I mean, at the core, it's fear and it's fear and love. Those are the two things that make you move. Fear makes you move faster. Yeah. (laughs) But then there are a lot of different emotions that cascade upward from those. You have frustration, you have anger, you have resentment, you have apathy, you have happy, joy, whatever. So how can you take those emotions and share those systematically? Oh my God, guys, me and my husband are pregnant. Me and my whatever, we're about to have this baby. People are like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get my ultrasound. We're going to see if it's a boy or a girl. Like you're sharing your life. Yeah. You're like, you know what? We really wanted a girl, but we got a boy. So although my husband is frustrated, we're going to celebrate life and da 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 da. So you're sharing like a little frustration. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as you do that and you have something like a podcast, those people become infatuated and almost possibly obsessed with you. Yeah. Versus the content. Yeah. And then how can you take that and turn that into an asset? So there are digital assets. And then if you create it like a podcast course after a year or six months of doing that, you can sell that forever. Now you can literally have, have her with the camera and you have your notes in front of you and give people the game, record it and put it on Thinkific or one of those platforms. Yeah. And you sell that on the side. And now, because a lot of people, and I, I produce podcasts for people, right? The biggest thing is I can't find sponsors. I can't find advertising. Uh, yeah. Sell yourself. <laughs> Go all in on you. So eBooks and like there are ways that I can give away a lot, but <laughs> yeah. there are books that are already written yep. in every industry. I, on my hard drive, I have 300,000 pre-written books, wow. blogs, articles, content already done. That's It's almost like white label that anybody can take and rewrite it, put their name on it, and it's theirs and it's fully legal. And you know what I mean? Yeah. How so, important do you think uh, blogging is right now? So I think it's just another layer of content. I have um, what I call the circle of growth. Uh-huh. And it's for people who want to become experts fast. And it starts with, okay, if just imagine on a big wall, you put a stick figure of you in the middle. And right below you, you have all the things that you can do free to learn about your industry. Blogs, podcasts. They have apps that have content like YouTube videos. Yep. Like all those are the free things that you can do. People still read blogs to learn and things like that. So blogs are on that free part of it. Podcast has a little more value because it's voice and people actually connect with you as a person. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that bottom tier of your growth circle. But then once you understand that, your expertise now is a little bit higher. You're still in the middle, but now you know more. And the next tier up from that, you have your low-cost things. You have your audio book. You have your, some of your paid e-courses. You have maybe some paid meetups. But even on the free side, there are free meetups and free networking events. But you have your paid events and stuff like that. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's still, if you go from that level to this next level, you're even smarter and you're more valuable. Yeah. And there's the next tier where you're paying to go to weekend retreats and you're paying to go to deep dive workshops. And you're doing, you got mentors, right? Then there's that tier. And if you, once you go through those two and you get to that one, you're even more valuable. And then at the top, you have your coaches, your high-end coaches and your high-end programs. So if you follow that trajectory, you can stop at any level you want to and make that your platform. Yeah. Can you do a blog? Can you do a meetup? Can you do a YouTube channel? Can you do whatever? The next level, can you write a book? Can you do an audio book? Can you do an event where you charge people? Then the next level, can you coach? Can you do these things? So all those are different tiers of building you into an expert very quickly. Like I've oh, seen yeah. people do it. I've taken a client from December 2016 to February 2017 to like literally becoming like blowing up in her industry. But wow. she fully committed. Yeah. And Crystal, you were there at one of the videos that we showed 
I'm, uh, I'm talking off camera. No, no, you're okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're okay. But but anyway, she fully bought into the process. So mm-hmm. from November, she inboxed me on Facebook, Halloween of 2016. We talked first time. November, we talked the second time. She's like, okay, I'm going to pay you. She's in California. She flew me out to California for a weekend. She mm-hmm. paid, you know, the cost to do yeah. that or whatever. Gave her a whole plan. We built a year's worth of content. We built in the soap opera that I told you about. Mm-hmm. We built in drama. We built in all these things. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. By February, she was on podcast. People were interviewing her on podcast. She was on radio by June or July. She's in the real estate industry. Okay. She wasn't even selling real estate anymore. She had so many people coming to her that she had other agents that would that she would give the people to and she would get a percentage. So it's, you can do it really quickly if you buy into it. Yeah. But again, I think blogging is relevant, but it's not as relevant as a podcast. Gotcha. Right. And podcasts are relevant, but they're not as relevant as a two-day weekend retreat. And I, I'm a drummer. I grew up playing drums. And I think of you have your snare drum. Mm-hmm. You have your hi-hat. Yeah. You have your snares. Then you have your kick drum. It's like, and that kind of sets the pace, right? So if you look at yourself as a drummer and you're like, okay, what is the consistent hi-hat thing that I'm going to do? What am I going to do every week? And then what is the snare thing that I'm going to do quarterly, once a month? And it's like, okay, we're going to do this podcast. How do you do this weekly? Yeah, we do weekly. Okay. So now what are you going to do quarterly? Or what are you going to do once a month? Are you going to do like an end of the month recap of podcast? Yeah. Summary, whatever. And then quarterly. Can you do a quarterly live podcast live, right? Where you invite four of your top guests and y'all find, clear out the space over there and bring some chairs in. (laughs) Yeah. And have some wine or whatever and make it an event. And then what are you going to bubble that up to yearly? So now you have this ascension model where people are following you through the process, but at every level it's more expensive and you, you become more valuable. Yeah. And then when you do the yearly thing, now you have your books based on the, all the game that you've learned from the people you've had on your podcast. Look at John Lee Dumas. That's what he did. He, I mean, I don't know if you know who he is. He's like one of the top. I don't. He has the number one podcast, I think in like ever. Like, really? Cause he does this entrepreneurial fire. It's a seven days a week. Oh, I need to look that up. Yeah. So, but he started like that. He was, when he started, he didn't know what he was doing. Um, again, how can you increase your value over time? I think blogging is an opportunity. I think podcasting is a better opportunity. A lot of times, the more technically difficult it is, the less people are in it. Yeah. Right? So if you can fight through the tech mm-hmm. to do something that's more a little bit more difficult, then it narrows out the audience of people that you have to compete with. So yeah, I think podcasting, blogging, I think selling products, mm-hmm. I think doing workshops, I think seminars, I think meetups. I think coaching, like all of those things are are different avenues that you can take to become an expert. Definitely. So we have, there's somebody in our starter hair business group. Mm-hmm. They just jumped in it. They're like, okay, I want to get my hair extension business off the ground. I have no clue where to begin when it comes to marketing. What's the first two things that they should be doing? I would say go join other groups mm-hmm. where there are a lot of people that are already doing it and read on Facebook, go to the file section. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they'll have um, checklists, yep. to do whatever. I'll do that in a New York minute. I just launched the e-commerce product, the e-commerce site, fully drop shipping, yeah. whatever. And I dedicated 72 hours to learn everything I could. Ooh. So I went and yeah. bought a bunch of courses and I did I, YouTube research. Because a lot of times it's the secret that those people know that propelled them to the top. Definitely. I learned so much stuff. I now know how to find out the top selling product on eBay, top selling product on Amazon. 
how much money that person is making on that particular product. What was the price fluctuation, right? So do some research first before you just start telling people to buy your ish. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction is like, how can I get to the money or secure the bag? I know that's the thing now. <laughs> how can I bag. secure the bag? Blah, blah, blah. But go research and figure out because you might be able to find a shortcut yeah. if you wait a little bit or if you talk to people and get those lessons learned. I'm sure you could tell them like, yo, don't do not do that because it didn't work for me or, hey, it didn't work for me, but maybe it will work for you. But look out for A, B and C. Everybody gets in and they're like, buy my phone, buy my hair, yep. buy my thing. That's the default. But I would say the first thing is to slow down a little bit and try to learn from people that are already doing it. And I'm really um, big on, in the tech world, we call it reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like deconstructing yeah. success. See if you can talk to somebody. Some people will talk to you if you don't say, yo, can I take you to coffee or can whatever. I pick your can brain? I pick your oh brain? my God. <laughs> no, like ask someone like, hey, what are your rates or whatever? And sometimes you can say, look, I only have X, Y, Z. So can I get 10 minutes instead of an hour? Yeah. Can I get five? I only, look, I have $100. Literally, I'm just starting out. Can you just talk to me for five minutes for this $100? Who wouldn't take $100 for five minutes? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know a lot of people are busy, but find people who are already successful. And then if you don't have that, just watch what they do. Yeah. Sign, like I've done this. I've signed up for somebody's email email list mm -hmm. and watched every single email that was in their autoresponder oh, yeah. so that I can understand their full funnel. So I just literally got free game by watching exactly what they did. What are the subject lines they're using? What, are the, yeah. what is the content? When are they selling? When are they upselling? What videos are they doing? What's on their thank you page? What, you know what I mean? Yeah. So look at that and then draw it out before you do it. I think that's real important, like creating your own little blueprint mm -hmm. of, okay, so I've watched, and this is advice I give for people writing a book. When you're coming up with your title, go look at the top selling titles in your niche. Create a spreadsheet. Here's my working title. Here are the top 10 titles in the industry. Here are the top 10 subtitles. And then you fashion yours based on that yeah. because that helps you shortcut your success, yep. right? There's another way you can go to BuzzSumo and then you can find the top blogs in any industry Buzz in the Sumo. last year. Yeah. You go in and you put hair, sell hair. You put it in. What would you want to know as far as a blog or a piece of content for your industry that was number one in the last year? When it comes to hair extensions, mm -hmm. maybe who are the top? selling hair extension companies or what are the top products that people are buying when it comes to hair extension? Okay. So you could go to buzzsumo.com and you could put in hair products or hair extensions and it'll give you for free the top, the highest or the most shared, the most viral content mm -hmm. on whatever that subject is for the last year. Wow. So then you take that and you're like, okay, this is the top selling or the most viral piece. It has all the viral elements built into it. So now you literally just have to duplicate that effort. Don't copy it. Don't plagiarize yeah. it. Yeah. But you create yours fashion on what's the best of the best. And chances are people will respond to that because Definitely. people have already responded to it previously. Yeah. Right? So what are some of the shortcuts that you can take just by watching other people first before you just start getting out there and spending money and wasting money? Yeah. Because people will sell you up into a program like, uh, you know what, come mm -hmm. to my weekend retreat of yep. girl bosses. <laughs> For nine ninety nine. For nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah. And we're going to have these girls on stage that are already successful because they married to a football player. Yep. And now they sell hair on the side. <laughs> and you ain't married to a football player. Right. You ain't got no money. Mm -mm. You're not on TV. <laughs> but you just spent $1,000 to listen to somebody who literally is a celebrity already. And now they're selling sunglasses. Yeah. And now they're going to talk to you about entrepreneurship. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. I know. Because <laughs> some of those are my clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Like, be, I would say, don't spend money. 
YouTube has everything you want for free. Everything. Now, once you go through that, if there's still some some gaps, then you start to dig and, and find people that are doing it. Yeah. Right. And then now I'm a big person, a big advocate of investing in yourself, but only after you've done the work. Definitely. Like I had a, a client hit me up this morning like, hey, do you know about book licensing? And I was so there's a site called Let Me Google That For You. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Let Me Google That For You and I put in how to license books. And I did it and it records your screen. Oh, wow. So when I send her the link and it opens, it shows them, let me Google that for you. Like, you could have Googled this. Right. You, Don't ask Google. me. you know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. ask. Go do the research first before you start asking people stuff. Definitely. Right? So if you're just starting out, how much research can you do? Don't come to me with an idea. Come to me with what you've already done to a try plan. to accomplish what you've done. Yeah. Hey, I did this and this is what I happened. I did this. Now I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, do the research first before you just start going willy nilly, pushing your product and, and going to $1,000 conferences. Yeah. <laughs> for $9.99 to listen to $9.99. We're going to have That's four of so them on the stage. We all bosses and we get yeah. in the bag. <laughs> somebody else bag. <laughs> yeah, somebody else. And they getting, so they're funny. literally getting bags from you being there. Definitely. <laughs> So yeah. that's the game though, right? Yeah, it is. Gotta love um, it. So what's one book that you would suggest to our listeners that they should read when it comes to marketing or um, maybe like the first steps of marketing? So before I talk about marketing, I like to talk about mindset because mm-hmm. you have to have a mindset to understand that this is not an overnight process. Definitely. This is not like, these are the things that you have to be prepared for mentally before you can ever be successful, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to say ever because I don't like speaking in like extremities or whatever. But I would like the success principles I would recommend for everybody. It is like a modern day version of like thinking grow rich. Mm-hmm. It's like a 2015 version. Gotcha. Because it's about mindset and it's about I'm not super, super woo woo, but I am a little woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about, you know, visualization. Gotcha. And, and I'm a huge meditation advocate. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a dude, you know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> I, yeah, I'm hard. Oh, I can't you know, be doing plug, meditation. Man. But once I started meditating, it helped a lot. A lot of men meditate, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. So when I started, I was like super tense or whatever. But mm-hmm. meditation kind of took me down a notch. You know what I'm saying? So I would start as far as books with the success principles. I think The $100 Startup by Chris Gilbo is an amazing read. Because what he talks about in the book is all these companies that took $100 and became millionaires. Like, wow. And it, it documents the process. What are some of the obstacles they had to overcome? How yeah. did they pivot? Like one person, they had a horse. They, yeah, they had a horse farm or something like that. And they started out just charging people to just ride the horse. Yeah, Crystal like, loves horses. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. That, and, but that was one of the stories in the yeah. book. And now they have like this big thing where people come to this thing. And it's like an overnight experience. And mm-hmm. They go horseback riding or whatever. But it literally started with just doing horseback riding for $25. And they should just take them on the thing. So that book, it's an idea thing. Another one is by, you said one, and here I go. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to put all of them in the show notes. Um, James Altucher, Choose Yourself. Choose Yourself. Great book. Chris and I have had a lot of conversations about just that, right? Because we're both kind of, we want to help other people succeed and be successful. Yeah. Right. And that's a lot of people default to that. Choose Yourself is about understanding the value that you bring and being able to boldly declare that you can be the person. Yeah. Like, I can be the person on the mic. I can be the person on the stage. I can be the person that's doing the thing as opposed to the person behind the scenes. Yeah. Nothing wrong. It's just, you know, a matter of what you want. But I think if you're going to go into entrepreneurship, you need to understand that you should approach every situation with what's in it for me 
not in a selfish kind of way, but in an understanding of value exchange kind of way. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So choose yourself is good for that. And I'll stop there. Okay. I told you I read three books a month. So we get <laughs> like, a whole right, hour on books. <laughs> a couple years. So before we go, just tell sure. everybody what it is that you're working on right now. Okay. You have a book coming out. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the book, some of the classes that mm-hmm. you have, just how everybody can get involved. So I'm excited about this book. And I know everybody's, I'm excited about this yeah. project. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. And I actually had a publisher contact me after I posted it on Facebook, Instagram yesterday. So I'm excited. That was kind of So you're going to do a publishing um, deal versus if self-publishing? If they're cutting a check, no. Because I already yeah. know how to self-publish. I, like, I don't really gotcha. need them, but yeah. if they're going to cut me a check, right. why not get the check? Why exactly. not secure the bag? Exactly. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I'm a huge advocate of is empathy. It's understanding what people really want, even if they don't say what they want. Yeah. Or, so I know you want a good interview and you want people to listen. So I'm literally giving away game because I want to make this extremely valuable. And I want you to say, yo, AJ was dropping gems. You. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you want that. So I came fully prepared to give away just about everything to help somebody get a, a result. Because I know that the people that are listening to this, they want a result too. So I can get everything that I want if I help you get everything that you want. Definitely. Right. But the book is called Cartwheels in My Head. A fun and effective way from getting people from maybe to yes, please. Essentially, when you interact with people, they have questions in their head. Who is he? What is he going to be doing? What what they talking about? What they trying to sell me on? Whatever. And that's natural. People are like right now you're like, okay, where is he going with this? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like these are and that happens all the time subconsciously. Right. So if I can understand that coming to the microphone then I can craft my story so that I'm answering those questions, I'm sorry, before Before. you ask them. Gotcha. So how can you do that in every engagement? How can you do it in business? How can you do it in husband, wife? How can you do it boyfriend, girlfriend? How can you do it to your followers? How can you do it to your children? How can you do it to your classroom? How can you answer the questions in their head before they ask them? One of the things that I've learned in working with a lot of influencers over the last five or six years is that their audience is, is, is like crazy about them, right? And it's because they're, we strategically answer the questions that are in their head. So what I've done now is I've deconstructed that process mm-hmm. and I've put out different strategies to understand what are people thinking and then how you can answer those questions before they ask them. Mm, that's going to be a really good so book. It's, yeah, so it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a how-to, but I'm writing this with the expectation that this is going to be a 10-year book. This is going to be... Not like how to set up an Instagram account or yeah. how to whatever, how to be successful in 10 steps, mm-hmm. right? I want this to be, it's on persuasive engagement. Gotcha. It's persuasion. Because if you can understand that, then you can, again, you can position yourself easily. And it's it's not a bad, it can be used for evil, right? <laughs> Definitely. But, it's, but I'm not writing it with that intent. I'm yeah. writing it with the intent of teaching things that I've learned from working with successful people and working with political campaigns and working with best-selling authors and music execs and da 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 I'm taking all those things that they do innately mm-hmm. and I'm deconstructing it so that everybody can do it. Gotcha. And then courses that you have available? So uh, right now I'm doing a uh, book writing boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in week two of that. I'm actually, a lot of people wanted to get in this one but couldn't, so I'm going to start another one next Wednesday. So, But I'm talking with my team, more people are asking about that. Mm-hmm. So that may be an ongoing thing. Okay. So you can go to, actually, if you just follow me at AJ Joyner on Instagram, you'll yep. find out a lot of it. But you can go to Atlanta Marketing School. I think that book writing program is there now. Yeah. You can always go to anthonyjoyner.com. But that's one. I have one on doing webinars because that's how you can sell some of those products that yep. you have. And you can even use that to sell into events. Or uh, um, collect emails. Or collect, especially collect emails. Yeah. <laughs> but in that one, that's also a speech writing class because you can use that same webinar 
webinar format to get on a stage and speak. Right. So it's like a two for one. Yeah. I'm also building software now that you can you can systematically write a book using the software step by step. Right. So you first it's going to ask for your table of contents. You put in your table of contents and you go to the next step. It's going to say, okay, chapter one, what are the three things you want people to learn? Ah, yeah. Those three things for every chapter. And then you go to the next step. It breaks down. Okay. What is the paragraph that's going to support this one thing? You can turn on your microphone. Or you can talk it. Oh, yeah. We need that. People need it. that. So <laughs> I've, I've started that uh, week before last. So that's going to be a work in progress. But again, all the things that I'm creating are outwardly focused on helping other people. Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer, like um, Napoleon Hill said, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Definitely. Right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to solve problems through courses and through things that I can sell. And being on places like this so I can help other people find out about it. But yeah, and I'm open with information too, for the most part. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to pull back a little bit because I give away too <laughs> much, you know what I'm saying? But uh, if anybody has questions on anything, any questions, even if you want to like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Just hit me up on AJ Joyner on Instagram. Gotcha. Okay. So make sure you guys follow him on AJ Joyner at Instagram. Make sure you go to his website. We'll put everything in the show notes for you. So you have that contact information. If you're interested in getting a consultation for yeah. digital marketing um, strategy, make sure you contact him as well. But I'm super excited. You came I'm by excited to too. hang thank out. You, thank that was, this is that was a lot of great information. I, I was you. over here taking cool. mental notes. I'm yeah. probably going to go back and listen to the episode. That's what's up. <laughs> so I really appreciate you. And thanks for tuning in. Make sure you guys like comment and subscribe on hair biz radio itunes stitcher and iHeartRadio. radio i like that hair biz radio everywhere <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i love it i love it love it